Hey, Teresa, can I ask you a question? You just did. It's Schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my love. My, my dove. <laughs> well, it's a little, it's, I'm thrown off because we've missed a week and now we're putting this episode up a little late. First and foremost, let me thank everybody um, for being okay with us missing a week. We traveled uh, to Austin last week for the My Brother, My Brother, Me and Adventure Zone live shows. And also so we get to meet baby Henry, Rachel and Griffin's uh, son, who is amazing and awesome and great. And adorable. And we got to hang out with Charlie, who is Justin and Sydney's kid. And she's great. Um, and, you know, everybody got to hang out with BB. It was good all around. Got to hang out with Dan Carol. It was great. Um, we did pick up a little bit of a family illness somewhere in there <laughs> so the three of us have kind of taken turns this week not feeling great um so that's why this episode's a little late so thank you for the patience in regards to that everybody's doing fine you know just a lot of lethargy and soreness and you know just not feeling like we're on a podcast but thank you we're feeling it now we're ready now i'm as ready as i'll ever be well, you don't know that. Maybe in the future you'll be super ready. Okay. So, Teresa, what are we talking about today? Are we talking about handkerchiefs or perfume or how to bow to people? We're or... doing an all questions special. See, this is great. I love when we do the Ask Schmanner stuff because um, we get lot. Uh, there are lots of things that I don't know that would constitute like a whole episode, mm-hmm. but definitely people have questions about them. So, this gives us a chance to kind of address kind of one-off topics it's right. great um so do you want to like i don't know jump right into it let's do it um this is uh let's see um this is from becca uh and i love this question because this is an issue that i have what is a schmannerly way to express to people slash co-workers that you do not have time to assist with what they are asking now i assume that this is like someone's like hey could you help me out with this project and everyone's natural inclination is to be like, yeah, even though they don't really have time or right. they're already scheduled out. I think that one way that you can soften the blow is you can say, I'm not sure if I have time right now. Let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you. Yeah, this is one of those things where I often wonder with questions like this, if it is a schmannerly issue or if it's more... I think most people, because I do, have an inclination want to say yes. It's so much easier to say yes to stuff like this than it is to say no. Because when you say no, you feel like you have to explain it. Mm -hmm. But if someone says like, hey, could you help me out with this? Is there anything wrong with just saying like, sorry, I don't have time. Sorry, I can't. Is Is that rude? It's not rude, but in a work environment, you want to be seen as a team player. Um, so it's difficult to come back at someone and just say, no, I'm too busy with my own projects. Because that makes you look like you're, you know, you're not a team player, like I said. Um, but everyone understands 
as far as like scheduling goes that sometimes that there's a finite amount of time in a workday. And so if your schedule is full, that's a great way to, to tell someone I, I can't today. I'm booked up solid or anything like that. Um, just because that is something that shows that you are working and you regret that you cannot give a little more. And and I think there's also a good reason for this in the other direction, which is I think it's more of an issue if you say you can help someone, but you don't actually have time to help them and you Absolutely. leave them hanging. Like that seems worse to me than just saying like, I wish I could, but I'm booked up for the day. Might have some time tomorrow. Let well, you them don't know e- where they You stand. don't even have to couch it with that. You can just say, I wish I could, but I'm booked up today. Anything, I think that's, that's enough. Um, we talk about not, you don't have to explain yourself fully, but give, give the reason is you don't have time. Uh, this question is from Vicky. How can I remind someone of a rule without being rude? I struggled with the fact that they may be unaware or may be deliberately ignoring it. So when it's a rule that I need followed for whatever reason, I get anxious about asking. Um, when When you talk about setting expectations and rules and things like that, I think that it's important that they be... Um, be explained and and written down. So if there is maybe some uh, reference material that you can refer the person to, uh, where you know I I need you to take a look at your handbook again, so we can all work within our expectations. I also think well, once again, Vicky, I think that while it is uh, admirable, I think the concern of being rude. I don't. If you're in charge of making sure rules are being followed and something is being accomplished, I don't think it's rude to say like, "Hey, we're not supposed to have our phones out right now, so please put your phones away." Like that's the rule. That I don't know. I wonder if there's a certain degree of like we worry about being rude when what you mean is like, "How do I do this without upsetting the other person Mm -hmm. or seeming Mm -hmm. like I'm being you know too much of a." Hard butt, because uh, <laughs> I don't have to say the dirty word. Um, but, like, sometimes being in charge means being the hard butt. You know what I mean? Like Somehow that's worse. Don't say it, that. It does, kind of. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, if, if, if you're talking about, like, a work situation where you are in charge, one of the things um, to keep in mind is as a manager or supervisor or whatever your title is, um, part of your job is to um, kind of tailor your interactions with the person based on what you think will work best for them. So with some employees, like kindness goes a long way with some employees, like um, being a little strict goes a long way. And it really just depends on what they respond best to. Not every employee responds the same to the same stimuli. So, you know, there are some employees for whom a little bit more of a lax work environment makes them more productive, and some, um, you know, strictly enforcing the rules makes them more productive. So really, I think um, as far as like, if, if, rather than focus on being rude, think about getting the best results from your employee or from the person you're working with um, and maybe focus that way. That might help. I have two points on this. First of all, I am reminded of a internet meme wherein Beyonce says, I'm not bossy. 
I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that is your situation, I think that that's a really good uh, thing to remember that um, you are the boss and it's not about being, quote, bossy. Oh. Um, that's the first thing. And the second thing is one uh, this thing I mentioned earlier about having expectations written down is, is a really good tool, even for um, employees or workers who need a little more of a creative or lax working environment. If everyone is aware, um, supremely aware of what is expected of them and they do not meet those expectations, you can always go back to that written kind of uh, outline and say, this is what is expected and you did not do this. I need you to achieve this in the future. Um, because it's a, it's a resource you can always go back to. So, um, for example, when I was a lifeguard, we needed to make sure that we accomplished certain goals before we opened the pool, but everybody did it differently. So when I became a supervisor, I said, okay, this is the checklist you need to complete before you unlock the door. And then once everybody understood what they were supposed to do, it got done perfectly every time. Uh, and, and you also have to think, Vicky, to your, you said like uh, you struggle with knowing whether or not maybe they don't know the rule or the possibility that they're deliberately ignoring the rule. If they don't know it, then there's no harm in saying like, hey, um, I don't know if you're aware, but there's uh, a rule in place. And then you say the rule. Um, and that's not rude. And if they're deliberately ignoring it, then they're the one being rude and correcting a rude person for being rude. I don't think is rude. Um, <laughs> this question is from Brittany. Uh, when going on friend dates, what is the etiquette for paying? Is it schmanly to assume that everyone pays for their own? Does the person inviting the friends pay? I think that the operative word in your question is assume and these situations are best taken care of when they're taken care of before anyone assumes anything. So if you are offering to treat someone to a date or take them out to, you need to express that to them. I would like to take you to a movie or I would like to treat you to lunch, something like that. Um, where the language is explicit and you, it doesn't even have to be something like that. You can just say, let's go to lunch. I'll pay. Yeah. Something like that is great. But um, if you say like, do you want to go to a movie with me? That's just like, Hey, I'm going to a movie. Do you want to go? Right. right. Like they, and and uh, even, even more so we can say, let's go to a movie together. We can each pay I, for I, ourselves or, I would, or something I would, like I that. I would disagree on one uh, a little bit. I okay. think that if you want to treat, you should clarify that because I think the norm is that everybody on a friend's hangout goes and pays for themselves. So I think that most people would assume that everyone's paying for themselves unless told otherwise, unless it's been an issue before. Like, I, I because I, I, I'm just trying to think of a circumstance in which I would feel comfortable, like calling my friend jeremy and be like hey do you want to go to a movie you have to pay for yourself that feels that feels weird and assumptive the other way where i'm assuming that if i don't say something he'll think i'm paying for him you know what i mean that feels a little weird to me there's there's another way to say it i'm certain um but the way the way to make sure that there 
there is no faux pas is to make sure that your intentions are clear. That's all. Um, I would say that the one other kind of factor here is if you, so if one party in in this circumstance um, is maybe a little bit more financially stable than the other, and they would like to do something that is more expensive, I think keep that in mind when inviting a friend out to do it. Um, you know, if you're, if you've had a stressful week and you want to have a spa weekend um, and you'd like your friend to go with you and you know that maybe that's not in their budget, that's something where maybe you consider like, hey, I've had such a stressful weekend. I'd like you to go and I want to treat. It's on me. I need this. You know what I mean? We talked a little bit about that. I guess we touched on it when we're talking about like um, wedding parties and stuff and who mm -hmm. pays for what. Of like, okay, if you want to do something more expensive and and that you know requires a little bit more of a financial investment, keep that into account rather than just like, hey, go to this thing with me that I know you can't afford, and now you have to feel bad saying no to me because you can't afford it. You know? Sure, but it's it's the language. You know, you need to need to set clear clear expectations this think, whole thing is about that i think yeah i think that's true whether it's a friend date or a date date or whatever making clear expectations and clear what's the word i'm looking for kind of like structure yeah you know of like i would like to take you out on a date hey can i treat you to lunch you know that kind of thing um and you know if nothing else Somebody buys the movie tickets. I'll grab the snacks. Cool. We'll meet in the middle. We become even Stevens. That um, was a good TV show, oh, by the way. So good. This question is from. Oh God, this is a this is a good one. Teresa. Okay, I'm I embrace. This is from Cecilia. Have you guys covered how to handle walking down long hallways at work when someone is going the opposite direction? How does eye contact work in this situation? It is important to remember. Intense. I just, <laughs> don't break don't eye break, contact. Don't no matter how long the hallway is. Um, these situations are socially awkward for all parties. You are not the only person. The person coming at you is also unsure <laughs> and, what to do and how to look. <laughs> and do you know why? I mean, it's all, as with so much awkwardness, in your head. Yes. Like, here's, okay. Just to break down the, I guess, the acknowledgement nod mm -hmm. is my kind of go-to. Oh, uh, we've made eye contact. Hey, keep going. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to maintain unbroken uh, contact. Um, and you don't have to do it several times. Like, it, but it's all in your head, right? Because you said, like, well, now it's, I'm, I'm, we're still walking towards each other. What do I do now? The other person is worried about what they're doing, not exactly. what you're doing. Yeah. That's that's it. Uh, we're all worried about ourselves in that situation. So don't don't worry about the other person. Acknowledge at least once. Do what's natural. Maybe say hello. And then look where you're walking to. Um, that's a perfectly normal human behavior to look where you are going. Or just like unfocus your eyes. Glaze the, over the middle distance. Yeah, they just call it. stop and glare wistfully out a window. <laughs> Remember your time at sea. Maybe not do that. No, maybe not that. 
I miss the waves. <laughs> Just uh, like mutter under your breath about the time long gone. All right, sailor. Let's go. Um, But yeah, d- d- you know, hey, uh, keep going. Um, Let's see. Oh, this is from Anna. My mother taught me to cover my mouth when I yawn, but I never see anyone do this anymore. Why? Teresa just did it. Um, why? Was my mother right about yawning with your mouth wide open in public being rude? Or is this a thing she made up? It's not a thing that she made up. Emily Post also recommends that you should cover your mouth when you yawn or cough and cover um, your face when you sneeze, particularly in your elbow. Um and I think that this just goes back to, you know, the, the same idea of close your mouth when you chew, all this kind of stuff. It's it's a little unseemly to see someone just kind of agape in yeah. that way. Because I was thinking about, like, you're not really, it's not the same as the, I mean, you are, of course, breathing out. Your mouth is open. But it's not like sneezing or coughing where you're, like, expelling rapidly, you know what I mean? So it's not so much covering for germs right well maybe not i mean but it's it's just something that uh it's like i said it's a little unseemly um to show your to show your mouth it's the inside of your body isn't yeah, that yeah i mean that i mean that tracks listen <laughs> i'm following your line of logic it um, is weird. And I and I think that the reason that you don't now see people do it. you've made me think about it. the fact that my mouth is the inside of my butt. Oh, no. Travis. It's really messing with me now. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, and, and I think that the reason people don't do it anymore is they're just out of practice. They're just out of the habit. Um, because it, it, it may not be expressly human nature to cover your mouth when you, when you yawn. But yes, it is something that is recommended. This question is from Hal. What's the best way to self-promote online without becoming human spam? Um, annoying, always asking people to check out their site, etc. Um, well, you you do this pretty much for a living. Yes. And I think that the, the way that I have seen you sort of um, navigate this channel is... It can't be the only thing that you do that you post. You got to pepper in like jokes and observations and and pictures and other things so that it doesn't it's not just one note. Yeah, let me posting. give you a, I'll give you a little um, like P.T. Barnum esque uh, advice here. How don't tell people to go to a thing, make them want to go to a thing. And so if you're trying to say like a comedy show, it's better to make people think you're funny and want to see your comedy show rather than tell them how funny you are and try to explain to them why they would enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So be funny and people will think you're funny rather than tell them how funny you are. I mean, I yeah, it, it's that kind of thing. Like if you have a website that fulfills a, a need, if it's like, a, you know, maybe it's a jewelry site rather than just tell people like you would like my jewelry, post pictures of a new piece that you just finished that you're really proud of, um, you know, that kind of thing rather than it's show don't tell, you know, right. is is true in business. Um, I would also say. Uh, to the if we're looking at like Facebook things, don't okay, couple things don't make a Facebook group and just add everyone you know to it and make them opt out of it. That is frustrating. Um, 
if you have like a recurring event or something like that. Like a weekly thing. Yeah. Don't just make a weekly invite and send it out every week because people will tune that out. It's like, oh, that again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but in general, it's it's one of those things where you, you build an audience. You build it from the ground up. Um, and so really what you're doing is y- you can make the thing, but then people have to decide that they want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that helps. Hopefully. And I, I think that especially like during Max Fun Drive week, we we try and do this ourselves because we hate to spam people, uh, especially because we're asking for uh, for pledges. But the way that we do that is we kind of pepper it with other things like um, I man the the Schmanner's Twitter account and I post nice pictures and witty, witty sayings. And I ask you to support other people besides ourselves so that, you know, it's not all one note. Yeah, I I think that's not all one note is the best way to do it because um, like I'll look at a like a Twitter account before I follow it. And if it's like the, the most recent 30 tweets are all like, check out my site, check out my site, check out my site. No. Why would I follow that? What is that adding to my day to day experience? Um, so we've got a whole bunch more questions, but first let's send a thank you note to a sponsor. Our sponsor this week is third love which is an intimate apparel company. Um, they suggest that you stop tugging at your bra straps and second guessing. How did they size. know? I was doing it right this second. <laughs> There's somebody who was at that second when you said that tugging at the bra strap who froze in place. <laughs> I know. I do it all the time. Um, and you should put, they want you to put fit first. Uh, Third Love uses women's real measurements to create bras that fit better in sizes AA through G, as well as exclusive half half cup sizes. Now, I went on their website um, because they did provide us with uh, a code to check out some things. I haven't gotten them yet, but I am looking forward to them. And I was surprised. I took a look at their, um, their fit guide. And it was very easy to read. It was easy to tell um, what sizes were sister sizes, they say, you know, similar sizes with different names and numbers. Um, And they did offer a range of half cup sizes, which I'd never seen before. Oh, really? Really. I I mean, I you you don't know, but now you do. Um, And I, I did select a few things. I'm not certain if they'll fit, but they also have... Um, you can try one of their 24-7 bras free for 30 days if you just pay the, the $2.99 shipping. And if it isn't your new favorite bra, you return in exchange for free. That's right. Uh, so even even if it doesn't quite fit right, you can you can return it. No and problem. exchange it. Try something different. Um, so go to thirdlove.com slash schmanners now. That's thirdlove.com slash S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Go. Thirdlove.com slash manners. I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host the weekly comedy podcast, One Bad Mother. We celebrate our moments of parenting genius. As well as our failures. 
I'm just like, we're yeah. going to have hot dogs. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. Yeah. And he just like smashes that thing right on my chest. And then I'm just uh, crying in the middle of like kid space yeah. while people are like literally dancing with their children. Parenting can be sad and painfully funny at the same time. So join us each week as we admit that this is hard, but we're getting really good at it. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. This question is from Corinne. If you have a friend who you believe does not tip enough... What is the best way to talk to them about it? Let me tell you a story. Um, Gather around. Gather around. <laughs> no, don't push. There's room. I often go to dinner with a certain someone. I'm not going to say me? often. No, no, no. Oh. No, no, no. Who? Who? Whom I feel is a little demanding at restaurants. Um, not to say it's that, <laughs> not to say that they don't dip tip appropriately, but when I, I think that they have, um, requested services that are, are maybe above and beyond what a wait staff would do. I often supplement the tip. I have not discussed it with this person and I probably ought to. But the reason, the reason it's so hard, hard. the reason that I haven't is I think that they're pretty much set in their ways. And not only that, but we're talking about discussing money. And as we've talked about before on this show, it's always hard. Societally, we have made it very odd because here's the thing. If you look at someone and say, you don't tip enough, you're doing like, well, really three things. One, discussing money. Two, saying they're stingy. Uh, and but three, it makes them reevaluate every time they've ever tipped ever. Um, and so given that option, they are going to more than likely think you are wrong rather than acknowledge that a hundred times in their life they have been wrong. Right. Um, so I think that probably the best way to take care of this, is the next time you are out and you don't think that they they tip enough, go through the math together and say, are you leaving a 20% tip? Are you leaving a 15% tip? I think that we should tip 20. The service was excellent. Yeah, that I think lead in with like, wow, they were great. Make sure you tip well, like 20, 25%. They were great. And see how they respond. That's that. Okay. That's kind of the very polite roundabout way to do it. I think this is bold. Okay. I'm ready. I think you should just say it. Now, don't say it like, listen, Doug, you tip bad and you should feel bad. But I think that they're like, you know, the next time you're out with them and they pay for the meal and they tip, you can kind of say, man, you don't tip enough. You don't tip well enough. And like. Don't say it like you're chastising them. Say it like you're making an observation. And and here's the thing. They'll probably say, what? Yeah, I do. 
And it's like, all right, but you've in, you've broached the topic, right? And here's the thing: if you're talking about a friend, this is this is the kind of thing that we often advocate for, which is gauge your level of investment in this relationship, right? Which is why the person that shall rena- remain nameless, uh, I. And Everyone you know who <laughs> listens to the show is like, me? Me? And they're going to start tipping like 45% every time you go out to eat. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that I could say to make him tip more when he asks more of a server. Um, but he 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 does tip. But if I asked him, you know, you were, you were pretty demanding of, of that server. Would you leave a little extra? I don't I don't know if he would do that. Yeah, and I would also say if it's someone like you maybe go to eat with twice a year, maybe it's not worth broaching the conversation. But if it's like your best friend who you're out with all the time, right. and, and it's also your best friend so you can feel a little bit more comfortable talking to them about things, that's the other thing. How well mm-hmm. do you know them? If you're like, listen, if I bring this up, this person will be offended, then don't. Yeah, then maybe just supplement their tip. This question is from Cinemuffin on Twitter. Is it bad schmanners to join my coworkers at a restaurant if I can't eat anything there? They go nearly every night and I want to socialize. I don't think that it's bad schmanners. Um, if you are there and you can have something, if, if there's anything that you can drink on the menu that's not water uh, because you are taking up space at a table, um, then socializing is just fine even if you don't eat. Now, here's the thing. This is the caveat. If you go and these people like you, which it sounds like you does, you want like they do, you want to socialize with them. There may come a point where they realize where they're like, are you sure you don't want anything? And you're like, mm, I can't have any of this where they might self-inflicted feel bad. And you might be put in a place where you have to like reassure them like it's absolutely fine. I knew that coming here. I came to hang out with you. It's not an issue. So you might need to be ready for that. But I, if if they want to hang out with you and you want to hang out with them, that's it. If it's like a restaurant or something, eat before you go. Don't be hungry there. <laughs> it's going to be unpleasant for you. And uh, that would be the only thing. I, I think the fact that you are asking means that this probably wouldn't come up. But if this is a decision that you're making, knowing this, don't go there and then complain about how there's nothing on the menu you can have or even jokingly make the observation. But right. it it doesn't sound like that would be an issue since you asked about schmanners. You probably aren't that person, but just something to think about. Right. But it is bad schmanners to take up a seat at a restaurant and and not uh partake of their wares so if there's anything that you can drink that isn't water um so that you can you know give a little money to the the restaurant yeah i think maybe that's uh good advice all the way around you know we talk a lot about tipping and you know splitting the bill and that kind of thing if you're a person at the table especially okay here's an especially there oh boy if you are the fourth person in a party that's not as big a deal as if you're a fifth person at a party because there are lots of four top tables. But if you are the person that bumps it up to the next bigger size table, that is a table which a p- bigger party could have sat at. 
there's there's factors like that to keep in mind. If you're just like at a bar, standing at the bar, having a Coke instead of like a mixed drink, I don't think it's as big a deal. Absolutely not. You are you are one hundred percent correct. Um, this question is from Ari. What are the schmanners of friends with benefits? And we don't need to necessarily go into what those benefits are. Should we have uh, people listening who don't know what that means? This seems to be kind of the theme of our show is expectations. Clearly defined expectations. As long as all parties involved understand exactly what's happening, um, then that's your schmanners. Like that's the what that's what you guys should do. Um it's when one party's expectations are different from the other person's um, that things get kind of sticky. So clearly defined expectations of what the relationship is. You know, if you say what you want, you're way more likely to get it is, is uh, something that I've been trying to live by more and more in my old age. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely, and so communication with the other mm-hmm. and also honesty from yourself. Exactly. Um, because I've, I've had too many friends who have been in this situation and they were legitimately interested like romantically in the other party or parties. But they were kind of lying to themselves like, yeah, this can be fine. Yeah, I can. But it's not what they really want. Yeah. Right. Um, and it just leads to hurt feelings. And I think that's why um, this kind of situation gets a uh, maybe unnecessarily level of bad rap of like, it never works out. Especially in TV and movies. Yeah. Oh, God. So many TV and movies. But I would say just open and honest communication both with whoever is involved and with yourself. Exactly. Um. So this question is from Sierra. We are expecting our first child this summer. While our friends have been supportive, many of our friends do not have children of their own. So I fear a distance may begin to grow between us when the baby is born. What is the schmannerly way to still stay close with friends with a baby in tow? This is something that is very close to our hearts. Yes. um, Because we are in a very similar situation. Uh, where several of our friend groups do not have children and we have our first child. And one of the ways that we have we have kind of straddled this line as well is we've changed the venue where we hang out a lot. We used to go to a lot more like restaurants and bars and things like that, which is a little more difficult to bring a child to. And we started inviting our friends over to our home. Because this is where all the baby's things are. Um, So if we need to put her down or if she needs to eat, it's a lot easier for us to do those things and hang out with our friends. And I also think as far as uh, it can be very frustrating when you are the one with the baby. When someone's like, hey, we're going out to a bar, restaurant, we're going to a movie. Do you want to go? And you're like, why didn't you think about fact that I have a baby and this is difficult for me and so it's very easy in that circumstance to just say no Mm -hmm. um but sometimes it's very much worth the effort to be like no you know what we're gonna pack up all the baby stuff get them into the carrier get them in the stroller get them in the car get down there run the risk of like a complete baby meltdown but 
I don't want to have to always say no to hanging out. So it's a little bit more effort on your part um, to maintain that relationship. And I think, um, once again, as with most relationships, if both parties are giving a little bit more, then it's going to keep working out great. You just can't expect every time your friends to accommodate you because you're the one with the baby. And I and that said, I completely understand that expectation because I feel that way all the time. Like, hey, you don't have a baby and I do. So I need you to like come to me. But you can't do that every time. Not every time. So there just needs to be the, a, a little more give and take. And that's what we've been we've been struggling with and working on, too. Yeah. And I think everybody does because uh, with with baby is a new big element in your life. A big unknown. Too. Yeah. You don't it, know what it's going to do. It shakes up a lot of like your regular processes and, you know, habits and suddenly things that you've done, you know, all your adult life. You don't realize the the you know monkey wrenches thrown into the works until you try to do it. And like for example, BB is super great, and from the time she was born, we could take her out with us, and she mostly just slept and hung out. And one night, we went to a, a restaurant um, that we've been to a dozen times with her, and she'd slept through the whole time with our friend Maggie, and BB just melted down. And in that moment, it was the most like panicky, like she, we just couldn't get her to stop crying and we had to leave. And like, that was like, well, we're never doing that again, but you can't, you can't kind of like be scared to try that. Emotionally, it was very distressing for me, but we got it. We got back on that horse and we ended up taking her out two days later. Yeah. She was fine. She was fine. It's. It's hard, but not impossible. And good luck. <laughs> yeah. But invite people over is, is a good place to start. Um, this question is from Dylan. What is the polite way to interact with or not interact with panhandlers and buskers? Buskers are people that like play music for like money in like a subway mm-hmm. station or street corner or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess not just music. Dancers too. Um, maybe beat poets. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Um. Emily Post, in her uh, in her book, recommends that you do not ignore a person uh, should they ask you outright, do you have any change? But you are, if you don't want to give them money, you can say no. And that's that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I. This is once again. I think we, here's the thing. If this person um, is doing this, uh, panhandling or busking, then they have probably been met with lots of different kinds of reactions. My my general honest is is like I use cards to pay for almost everything now, so I never have cash. I never have change, and so like my honest answer is usually like I'm sorry, I don't, and and that has with very rare exception ever been met with anything like, okay, thank you. Have a great day. You know what I mean? Like now this is what I will say on the subject of busking or someone performing. If you stop and you listen or you watch and you enjoy, you should give money. If you partake in the service they are offering, 
you should tip something. You should give some money. I I certainly agree with that, except in the situation where uh, you are a captive audience, where like on a subway train or something, if someone is walking through performing, um, you I don't think that you are expected to give something. Uh, that said, a lot of people who do this to make money um, take the same route every day. Uh, so if if you see them often, you have to decide how it is you want to interact with this person the next time as well. The biggest, I, I, I think I would be remiss if, if we didn't point this out too. They're all humans. Everybody's humans. And I think sometimes it's it's far too easy. And I think the reason Emily Post, if I might read into what she said, because this is how I feel. The reason you don't ignore is because they are human people. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like ignoring them is so rude. I mean, it, it is. You wouldn't do that if somebody asked you a question, you know, anywhere else. So why are you ignoring these people and pretending like they don't exist? That's not okay. Um, I I believe that there is a situation where if you feel unsafe, yes, speaking to someone that you don't you don't need to speak to them. Um, but there there's a difference between that situation and someone you know sitting with a sign and asking for change. Yeah, somewhere between not feeling obligated but also not ignoring, I think is is the right path. But I understand it, it can be really hard to walk that. Um, but, you know, do your best, I guess is my answer. This question is from Andrew. What is the most schmannerly and effective way to ask for a letter of reference or recommendation, say for a job, an academic program, etc.? Um, this goes back to you You should have a relationship with the person that you are asking uh, to do this for you. Um, and the long and the short of it is they'll give better recommendations anyway if they actually know you. Um, and the best way to ask for it is to say, would you mind like, writing a letter of recommendation for me? Um and then perhaps offering some sort of uh, interaction in the future for that. Not to say, like, if you write this for me, I'll take you out to dinner. But to say, I'd really appreciate it if you would write me a letter of recommendation. Um, and then we can discuss it and I'll buy you a cup of coffee. I also think that it it's a good opportunity. And this is going to sound like I'm saying this, like, and butter them up. I don't mean that. When asking, I think it is good manners to include why you specifically chose them. So if it's like a professor um, saying like, I, I just, I got so much out of your class. It was like really inspiring to me. I learned so much. It would mean the world to me if you, you know, if you were able to um, and that kind of thing. Or if it's like a you know boss or a former job or whatever to say like my time working there was amazing. Um, and it, it helped me develop all these skills and that kind of thing of like, not just like, Hey Todd, can you write this letter? Okay. Bye. I think that's fair. Absolutely. And, and also though, you should also be ready that the answer might be no, you know? Um, and the one more thing, if you're looking for 
more likely to say yes, the more guidance you can give them. If you're just like, hey, I need a letter of recommendation, bye. Like the more you can say, this is what the program I'm applying for is. Here's what I'm hoping to demonstrate to the people I'm applying to, or here's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. If you could write a note about this and this and this, because the more guidance you can give the person in the writing letter, the less of a creative writing challenge it is for them. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and there are there are people in certain professions who get asked to write a lot of recommendation letters. And the the better rapport you can build with those people, um, and like you said, the more information you can give them, the better off you're going to be. Um, a form letter doesn't really do much good in this situation anyway. So uh, I think that that's a great idea to give them a little, to give them some parameters. Yeah, it just helps. It helps them know where to start. Um, and, and, and it helps, it just helps facilitate the whole process. Um, so I think that's going to do it for us on this episode. Um, thank you to everybody who wrote in questions. Hopefully we hit a good percentage of them. There were a lot of them. So we did as many as we could. Um, thank you. Um, I also want to say I just got, um, stage one of my max fun drive tattoo done. I, I, I tweeted about it, but I, it looks very beautiful. Um, it was um, designed for me by Veronica Gamero. Um, and Veronica, if you're listening and I just pronounced your last name wrong, I do apologize. <laughs> um, and then I went to uh, the Get Up Tattoo Society here in Cincinnati and had Moses do it. Um, and so it, it's turning out very well. And as I was getting it the whole time, I was just thinking about how thankful and grateful I was to everybody who supported us in the Max Fun Drive. So thank you for that. Um, I still need to get the color put into it. So when um, when it's all said and done, I'll post pictures everywhere. Um Let's see. Thank you um, to Brent, Brent of Floss Black, for our intro and outro music, which is available as a ringtone on iTunes and other places that I can never remember. <laughs> and Kayla and Wassel, who did our logo design. And go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the other great shows there. What else? You took it all. Oh, no. Twitter. Twitter okay. and go. Facebook. We're at Schmanners Cast on Twitter, S H M A N N E R S, and you can just search Schmanners on Facebook. Uh, Emily Post? Yes, always. Thank you, Emily, Thank you, Post, Emily Post Institute. We love you so much. I'm not afraid to say it. You said all of them, kind of threw me off my game. Did I? Right? Yeah. Oh, and usually, I started from the back, too. I know. Usually we do, Brent, yeah. Yeah. Kind of reversed it. I'm sure there's other. Hey, thank you to BB for staying asleep during this whole recording. <laughs> Um, um, thank you everyone who sends us wonderful notes in the P.O. box. Um, we receive a lot of notes and cards and uh, save the dates and graduation announcements and all sorts of things. And it's really great to know you guys are thinking of us. And thank you to everybody uh, who's gone on iTunes, rated, reviewed and subscribed. And if you like the show, uh, tell a friend. It does the world of good and it means the world to us. And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it?
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.